Yeah, the weird thing about going back, and we're not, I'm going to talk about it pre-show because I don't want to talk, I've talked about Chewbacca on literally every podcast I've done, and I've guessed it on two shows, <laughs> and each one I've been like, hold on, I need to cut the show off real quick to talk about Chewbacca. Alright, here, let me, let me help you by just telling my side of the story. Well, can I just say, firstly, my favorite part of it was the fact that at one point, I thought... As I've stated before, we got, I gave Chewbacca a a drink and I black out. And I thought it was only like 30 minutes after that we left. No, 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 No. bud. No, bud. (laughs) It was, because. You gave Chewbacca a drink and you disappeared. I found a picture and it was where I sent the picture of me and Chewbacca to my mom, which I think we got around the same time that I bought him a drink. That was at 11 o'clock, and then we didn't leave till, like, 2, 2.30, and my favorite was I was a guest on, uh, I don't know if you met the Horseshoes and Hand Grenades guys, no. but I was, a, I was a guest on their show this week, and at one point they go, yeah, I woke up the next day, and you, all I saw in the Discord was red phone booth baby and i'm like is he trying to get us to go somewhere at 1 30 in the morning because it's not happening and then we just said yes yeah um so basically we met chewbacca i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and spread the love out a little bit because you know over over the last couple of weeks i've been hearing a lot of i i i i i met chewbacca <laughs> well 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 surprise surprise world at large no did you send a text message to your dad at midnight saying you met chewbacca <laughs> And he asked if he could post it on his uh, forums where he talks about celebrity signatures. No, no, no. Hold on. I also love how much we're shitting on BB-8 because we're like, yeah, he was fucking there too, I guess. Fuck it. It doesn't I mean, matter. I did not I did not have a long conversation with Chewbacca that ended with just all of us doing Wookiee noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we get to the bar and... They pimp up next to us. Apparently, Max Goof was behind us being a dick. And now I will give it to you. So, after that, we have a couple of guys that come up. And they're behind us. They don't even get inside the phone booth because we were waiting. And they asked them if they were part of the private party. They said no. And then somebody from behind them said, but we, we probably would be. And I heard someone uh, in the group behind us say, holy shit, that's Chewbacca. <laughs> And they were let in immediately, and we had to wait for another five or ten minutes. Well, no, no, no. That might be the one part you misremember. It was shockingly close. It was, door door opens, can we be in? We're Chewbacca and BB-8. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me go talk to somebody. Closes door, comes back out. You guys can come in. Closes door, like, Five, maybe a minute later, party of five can come in. So mm-hmm. we were waiting there for a while before. So oh yeah, yeah. Um, but so we did that. Chewbacca went and he did his own thing. BBA was around. They were talking to the other group of people that we came with. Um, and then there was a, bo- a point where a couple of people that were with us, including Sean, our fantastic host. Thank you, Sean. I know you're listening. Um, we just kind of chilled with Chewbacca. And you were coming in and out, 
because you were <laughs> Hold on. I do want to say this. I got the opportunity to hang out with Star of Star Wars multiple stars of the Star Wars and I said, "Nah, I'm going to go walk around the bar a bit more." About 3 now. Um Johan, thank you. I think it's pronounced Johan. Oh, I feel bad. Chewbacca, new Chewbacca. Um, but you were doing, your shilling game was on point that night, though. (laughs) You were 100% to the point where you did get us free cigars. Yeah, wait, are are you talking about the mini ones I got? Yeah. Oh, no, that wasn't shilling. That was me walking up and then being like, here you go, buddy. And I'm like, thank you, okay. Well, the rest of it was, because I saw you giving out names and shit. Wait, There was what? a lot of that. Like, you're like, uh, doing a show. You oh, do. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's our show. We're going to be there in the concert hall, wherever we did our thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just ended with us in the back room at the VIP section, because the other VIPs left. Wait, wait, we got back there. I didn't know we got back there. Oh, bud, that was the couch that you got sick on. What? I didn't know we ever got back. Because I just knew that's where the Night Vale and the McElroy's were. What? Oh, bud, I didn't realize you were that bad at that point. I might not have. Well, it makes me feel good to know that I wasn't bad at that point when when we got back there it was probably about one or one thirty when we got back there so we had about a whole hour in that room this makes me feel very very good by the way because i was afraid that all of the big fancy podcast people and the the literal podcast agents i was talking to saw me vomit so it makes me happy to know oh well they weren't there so that's good Oh, no, but it was just us. It, everyone else had left. <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time, it's time, it's time for a load. And I'm talking about a load, a load of BS. That's right, a load of BS, the greatest show on the planet, featuring the two best damn men of all time. And I'm talking about he... The brrrr to the L-A-K-E, it's Blake Tanner! What was that letter right there you said? It was a brrrr. He, he, he has the brrrr, Blake. Brr, brr. So I guess that makes you the... <laughs> oh, Scotty yep, Moore. That's it, that's it, right there. <laughs> yes, Scotty Moore, Blake Tanner, Blake Tanner, Scotty Moore, the BS. We are here once again after our whirlwind fucking weekend at Dragon Con. I... And I, last year I was surprised at the stories that you told, and now I understand them better than ever. <laughs> I get it. Now I get it now. I, I believe that uh, it was described to me as, oh yeah, San Diego Comic Con, that's the big one, but it's it's really, it is just a lot of con shit, you, you know, all panels and stuff, and there were some great panels, there were great meets and stuff, but Dragon Con is just a fucking party. It is a five-day banger that never fucking stops. And I will say, I don't know if it's because also I had my boy with me of Blakey T. 
This is literally the best year I've ever had at Dragon Con. I mean, it was astounding. I'm still... I never got, like, post-con depression of, like, I want to go back. Because usually after that five-day period, I'm like, I don't want to be here for a whole nother year. This time, I'm immediately, like, I'm in the Discord talking with the Dragon Con people. Like, hey, can I run the social media? What can I do? Let me help you out. Can we plan, like, a mid-year thing we can do? What can we, like, it, this was, and I think it is also part, in part, to the new Dragon Con digital media track director. He was there last year, and I don't, I think last year might have been his first year. And his name's Charles McFall, and he made the smart idea to basically make a discord so this was the first year everyone felt like a community so it wasn't just a big party it was this is my family and no matter where you go you're like it's that guy or it's that guy yeah that's really good i I think that makes me feel really good for you now being part of that community i just showed up and it was i got all the benefits of it (laughs) um But we, we got to meet a ton of awesome people. I got to meet the guys from Radish, finally. Um, yeah. You got to do a live show with them, which I think is pretty great, seeing as you were on the... Uh you were on the panel that where they pitched their podcast a year ago. and also, like Also, I will say, I love those boys to death. I They finally put up the Dragon Con show today. Un-fucking-listenable. It is hot unlistenable. Our show, our show that had a PowerPoint presentation is more listenable than theirs. It was, their show was hella fun to be at, but it was, it was definitely, and ours got, got off the rails so fucking fast. Yeah. We did, for those of you that don't know, which, who doesn't at this point, we did our first live, A Load of BS. Um... With, uh, it it felt like, and I said this on the, when the episode went up, it kind of felt like professional wrestling stable evolution, where you had Jerry being the Ric Flair of the affair, we were the Triple H, baby, and then Radish got to be the Batistas and the Randy Ortons of the future of podcasting. Mm -hmm. And we buried all of those bitches. We buried them. I will say, what did you do between Radish and our show? I went back to the room and took a nap. What? How did yeah. you get there? Wait, <laughs> Radish was later, wasn't it? No, Radish we went was to at... eat. Oh, okay, that's what it was. That's it. We went to eat, and we got a nice little uh, pub that we found, and we just kind of chilled with our friends that came to the show, and um, I mean, we didn't really do anything spectacular. It was more or less just me being like, huh, I have performed in front of... Tons more people than would ever conceivably show up tonight, even if the room was full. I should be fine, right? No, I'm not fine. Not fine. Not fine. Drink. Need that drink. Makes, that makes me feel very good. I will say, what I did was, I took, and I don't know, the Radish Boys kind of seem like slightly socially anxious, not not like willing to jump into any social situation, That theory was put to the desk and blown the fuck up by me because we went up to the Hilton, like, it's this area where there's, like, a tequila bar, there's a DJ that plays literally all day. Like, if you went there in the afternoon, he was there just like, no one's dancing, but here's the cha-cha slide. 
and within five minutes, me, all of the Radish boys, their girlfriends, the giant fucking sword they had, were in the very middle of their dance floor, grooving and bopping along. I was sending up vape like smoke signals, like, yeah, baby! Um, Gazi says all I'm hearing is that Scotty and Blake were so drunk they ended up in a somewhat important section and can't remember anything. That is how we ended up at the red phone booth. The Um, thing that made me the most angry is, did I play pool? Because I know there's a pool table and I love pool! You did not get to play pool as far as I'm aware, but (laughs) you were up there for a good bit longer before at some point you finally realized that we weren't there and you came out to get us wait a minute are you saying i walked into the back room alone sat there alone i don't know what you did that is just as that is a black spot in my memory as much as it is yours (laughs) that is astounding Uh, This is the most proud I've ever been of drunk Scotty. Apparently, if you want him to activate his superpowers, you have to put him in a contained area where he can't go off into the ether. Yep. And you still did, which is surprising. (laughs) (laughs) I found my way into the back room of darkness. And... If I found your way in, like, they just left the door open, and they couldn't get you out. Now I'm even more terrified that what if I got back there while the Night Vale and McElroy's were? Because I was talking to the door lady beforehand. How do I know drunk me wasn't like, hey, let me back there for a few to talk to them. And then when they left, I went, oh, I'm alone. Let me go get my friends. May I think that they had left for good before you were able to get in. I do I... kind of remember that. Holy but... shit, dude. Yeah. Going back, we did that live show, and, you know, we... It was pretty buck wild, let's say. Um, Very. I will say my favorite, and we didn't get to talk about it because they were fucking in front of us. Our favorite moment of that, I have two favorite moments revolving around the live show. One was the fact that we had like a line forming yep. before the show, and we weren't, li- we weren't like, I don't think that's Salty Frank, and that's not Gazi, so these people have no idea who the fuck they are, who the fuck we are. So I walked over, <laughs> and both of us were like, what's this show supposed to be about? And then for the following few minutes basically just had them tell us what our own show was going uh-huh. to be. I, I'm pretty sure someone wildly misinterpreted what our fucking show was. Because who was it? Like, somebody was saying, um, it was like, oh yeah, it's like a party, they'll give out prizes, and it's an improv show, and... Well, it was technically improv, and we gave out whiskey and condoms, which are prizes, so... Yes, we we did not... Well, I'd like to say people stole our whiskey. Yeah. Um, people stole those rambunctious scallywags, they took our whiskey, and I was merely throwing it into the air, and they snatched it. 
No, like, no, I believe thieves. the uh, Horseshoes and Hand Grenades guys had the best description of what happened, which was everyone in the room started to circle us like sharks, and you instinctively started throwing the whiskey at them, like, as a means of weaponry, like, to keep them away from us, and that's, I'm really proud of you for doing that. It was very good. But Justin was the one that, like, initiated that, because there were people kind of scattered all in the audience, and he says, no, no, it's late, everybody come up, kind of get close. And he meant getting the first couple rows so everyone could see. But fucking Riddick, <laughs> this dude in a picture-perfect Riddick cosplay with the biggest dick energy I've ever seen and will ever see in my life. I hope that I never meet him again, but I hope that I do. Can I just say, well, no, 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 he may come back next year. Because afterwards, we had like five posters, no, three posters to give out. And we gave one to him, and his response was, This is going in the gun room. I'm gonna hang this up in the gun room. And I'm like, that's not the energy you want in your gun room. Or maybe it is. (laughs) Riddick Riddick was half the reason our show was as good as it was, and that it adopted the energy that it did. Because he posted right in front of our big whiskey bottle, and immediately drank half of it. I mean, the boy just let it happen. Like, I was very proud of Riddick for what he did that day. And I've never To the point where I was like, no, Riddick, stop. I need that. I had to take the whiskey away from Riddick at some point. But no, I've never felt more proud than when I got to be essentially Justin Robert Young second. So, like, after the thing was over, we all were hanging out kind of scattered. Me and you go to get, went and took a big, a good, good picture in front of the TARDIS and one with King K. Rule. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Ghazi says that the dick girl was one of his favorites. Yes, yeah, she was one of the first people to show up. She was the one who was like, this is what this show is. And we are like, okay. I hope so. Oh, what was her name? Was it Glimmer the Unicorn? It was Glimmer the Unicorn. Okay. Yeah, Glimmer was Glimmer was a lo- was very good. Uh, her friend Jesus got shouted down a lot. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we uh, afterwards I got to just kind of like hang out with Jerry and have him like me and him just hang out at a bar, and I'm like, is this what it's like to be the famous one? Is was, this what it's like? I was like? there too. No, no, no. I'm talking about when we everyone was sitting down and Jerry looks at me. He goes, hey, let's go to the bar, me and you. And I'm like, okay. 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 Let's go. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then I scattered. And then for like a solid hour, he just sat there and reviewed our podcast in front of us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He told us what to do, what not to do, and everything that's going to change now is going to be a completely different... We're going to reboot less than six months after we rebooted. I believe my favorite sentence was when he just looks at me and he just goes, Look at this guy. He's a fucking disaster. <laughs> Look at him. And I'm like, I know this is a compliment, so I'll take it as such. <laughs> but the weird part was afterwards when the people who knew Justin were around us being like, this is a big deal. This is, he never does stuff like this. This is a really big deal. And we were like, I'm fucking bitch, I know. We earned this. It's a big deal. <laughs> 
bring us your fans if we be friends. <laughs> also, that is another thing I do distinctly remember doing to you at the red phone booth, is we both had cigars and cocktails in our hands. I put down my cocktail, put a hand on your shoulder, and was like, hey, you know we earned this, right? Yeah. We earned this. <laughs> Do you know, you also later said, you know what, next year, that's gonna be us. You pointed to the back room. Now, do and you I, remember once we got into the back room, you said, I told you it's going to be last year did it tonight. <laughs> well, I meant like we'd be at the party with all the people, but I guess I was right. We'll be back there. <laughs> Man, I, that was worth one of. I, I think I said top 10 hangovers I've ever had. Yeah, you were in top 10. I was... No, I was probably top 10, too, because it was any time I stood up was just a... Uh, moment. I, was, I got out of the shower, and this was... It was 1 p.m. at that point when I finally got out of bed and got into the shower. I got out. I was changed. I was kind of ready. My head was still spinning, basically. And you were actually up and sitting up. We just kind of looked at each other, and I remember distinctly just the emphasis that you put on the first words that you had said to me in many hours. Fuck me running. <laughs> yeah. It was a thing of beauty, truly. Yeah. So, uh, what do we do on this podcast normally besides drink heavily, Blake? On this podcast, we explore our own inner creativity, and that is the form of throwing whatever the fuck our bullshit brains come up with at the wall and seeing if we can make something of it, whether it be a movie, a novel, or just a new fun idea we want to bring out into the world. So... Who goes first? I don't know who goes first. Who has a weaker idea? How weak is your idea this week? Um, let's see how weak my idea is this week, because I'll go first. <laughs> okay. So, right now, I am in a production of one of the most buckwild plays that I've ever seen. Um, it's called The Red Phone Booth. It's a red phone booth. We're making it as we go along. It's just going to be a, that night. It's going to be the stories of the seven people at the red phone booth. <laughs> one of them dies. Uh, there's... Three suicides by... Yeah. My my favorite thing, by the way, was the next morning when Cameron, who is my friend from Florida, he was there, so I invited him to go with us. And he goes, hey man, sorry we had to dip out. And I just said, hey, I'm real sorry about whatever I did in that whole situation because I got real bad. And he goes, don't worry, friend. We all got very bad last night. And I was like... Yay! I'm, I'm, I feel fine! Yeah, that night was pretty bad, and I was amazed by the fact that, like, the service was so slow at the start of the night. As people left, it got faster, and we got way hella worse. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I'm in a production of The Complete Works of Shakespeare Abridged. If you haven't ever heard of it, it is... So jealous. I am so jealous of you. Buckwild comedy that... We didn't even know we were doing it until three days before we started rehearsal, because we Wait. needed a show that makes money. How did you? 
how'd you audition, buddy? <laughs> Were you just auditioning for some random shit? And then they're like, oh, you're not doing this, actually. Boss, this is one of those situations where there were no auditions. This was where I was asked if I was available. Yeah. Because, so here, here's what's happening. Um, there was originally going to be another show in this place. And they decided not to do it because the theater needs something they could put together quickly with cheaper rights that you need less manpower for, or le- more, you just need three people to fucking do it, and some people on props and costumes. I, I did, what, what's it called, Every Christmas Story Ever Told, which is basically Shakespeare Bridge with Christmas stories. Mm-hmm. That is not a difficult, you need like two more people, maybe. Yep. And it's just, it's prop heavy and stuff, so we're, you just need three people who work well together, who can fucking figure it out, basically. Yeah. And so that's the three of us. All three of us have worked together a lot. Uh, we know we can do good stuff. And one day I got a text that said, Hey, you want to do something? I said, Yeah. You free? Yeah. All right. Good. It's you, me, and the other guy. And we're going to do Shakespeare abridged. And that was it. And I'm doing <laughs> one of my bucket list shows because I'm easy to work with. Yeah, exactly. So, in light of that, and in light of the fact that the Reduced Shakespeare Company, who wrote uh, Shakespeare Abridged, and every abridged show, basically, what is the next abridged play going to be? So, we have to take... Dragon Ball Z, baby! It's Dragon Ball Z! Already doing that one, though. Okay. Unless we want to do Dragon Ball Abridged the stage play... Don't fucking ask me twice, bitch. As narrated by Super Kamiguru. Hello. <laughs> okay. So, what show would do well? What sh- what's a show that has a lot of plot details that you could just, like, get rid of? Fucking. Well, we could just do The Lord of the Rings. We could just do Lord... Blake, don't make me do Lord of the Rings, because I don't know Lord of the Rings. My okay. entire knowledge of Lord of the Rings comes from that one scene in Clerks 2, where Randall... Actually, no, Randall already performs it abridged, which is... Movie 1, he gets the ring, and then they walk. Movie 2, a little bit more walking. Movie 3, toss it out. You know what? Let's get something that I know that you have a historic knowledge of. Why don't we do Star Wars Abridged? <laughs> I was like, are you about to quantum leap me abridged? Actually, I'm fairly sure they already did Star Wars Abridged too, which sucks. Damn, they may have. They had, they've done so many of these fucking shows. Although, Quantum Leap Abridged. Blake, Sondheim Abridged. We got cats. We got... Sweeney Todd is one of his, I think. Um, you got it. Uh, let me just, uh, I hope you don't hear the typing. Oh, no. Well, okay, hold on, let's start off. For the cat section. Mm-hmm. We just unleash a bunch of fucking cats onto the stage, and that's it. It's we... Nothing- that's gonna be, like, a... Because the way they do it is they'll have, like, this... The most serious, like, a bridge thing they do is at the beginning. Yeah. So let's say something like, um, what's a big Sondheim musical? Uh, Phantom? 
Yeah, let's do Phantom first. Fan- yeah, that'll be easy, because, you know what? Shakespeare Bridge starts out with Romeo and Juliet, the most well-known Phantom of the Opera. Sondheim Bridge, that's how you start it. Okay, um, so we need to figure out the bit, though, because yes, it is serious, but there is still a bit. Can I propose that whatever actor is playing the Phantom is afraid of heights and refuses? <laughs> He's stuck up in the rafters and is like, no, no! no. <laughs> oh, exactly. Like, you have one of the other actors who's, like, prompting them to go up to their spot so they could come out and, like, hang somebody like the Phantom do. Like, I can't hey, do it, man. I, hey, Blake, guess who hasn't seen Phantom in a long time? Because I forgot that he fucking hangs a dude in it. <laughs> oh, he does that a lot. He's got these fucking ropes that he can control like snakes. I think you're thinking of... Mickey Rourke's character in Iron Man 2, Blake. I don't think you're thinking of the same guy as I am. No, 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 no. He was based off of the Phantom (laughs) of the Opera. (laughs) Where he learned how to do, how to make the fucking, I I forget what they call it, but the some kind of noose when he was working for the Sultan. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, you know, you do that. So the opening and the big bit of it is the fact that he can't... Okay, what's our next one? Then I think you can cut to a short bit where it's like, Mm -hmm. now something... One of his other most well-known play... Or, uh, musicals. Something that is the dread heart of every and anyone that wants to put it on and will now be starring Taylor Swift. Uh, Oh, you're gonna do Cat. So we're just gonna... Then we do... Well, that is when. Well, that's when we have cats. Is I have a better idea, and it's that during intermission, we just put a bunch of cats in a fucking like they're in the outside. Outside the auditorium are a bunch of cats you can go pet, and there's a shitty MIDI version of Mr. Mistopheles playing in the background as you go pet the cats, and we're like, that's it. That's the that's cats. There is no earthly universe. Where you can get a bunch of cats to just kind of chill with people. So what I'm proposing is we get a bunch of stuffed Beanie Baby cats and throw them out to the audience. Okay, and that's it. Yeah, and it's like, cats, 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 cats. It's like that Ant-Man commercial. We're doing like the ham bone in the background while one guy's just going, cats, 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 cats. No, how about that? One of the guys, because there's always a bit where there's a play one of the actors doesn't want to do. So, like, in Christmas Story, I think it was um, Nightmare on Elm Street. No, Miracle on 34th Street. Uh, (laughs) What's the one? It's it's Hamlet in... uh, It's Hamlet in... In ours, it's cats. And so now the guy is constantly running out and throwing cats at people in a vain attempt to not have to do cats. Yep. And there's just a few cats for every, every, between every bit. Do a bunch of fucking cats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then finally, right before intermission is when they're like, we have to do cats. It's the most successful show of all time. He's like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And they're like, after intermission, cats. And that's when we put on all of cats. And that would be more of a process of us sitting down and writing a funny play, which I don't think makes for good audio. So let's stick to act one. Well, yeah, because act two, you would follow the same kind of procedural bullshit. You do, you do your cats and then you would do cats really fast. Yeah. yeah. And then you would do cats backwards. (laughs) 
and then you would do stack. Yes. Which is cats backwards, but forwards. Backwards, but forwards. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we've got cats. We've got that. Am I wrong? Did he do Sweeney Todd? He did do Sweeney Todd. So we could do Sweeney Todd. That's a good one. Um, what would, what would Sweeney Todd be? What would that bit be? Say, like, you know, we open on London. Maybe it's the fact that there's somebody who can't do, who can't do a Sweeney Todd accent. Well, that's one thing. And then also, I do enjoy the bit of this would be our audience interaction portion, where, (laughs) but does the audience member play Sweeney Todd or the person getting their neck cut? Because it's got to be one of those. Getting their neck cut, because they're the ones that have to do the scream. Oh, okay, so now we're just stealing all the bits from Shakespeare abridged and putting it in ours. Basically. Either that, or you have Sweeney who, he, who you've got to get your Sweeney to do the perfect cut. And everybody yeah. else is every other character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, if they mess up, like, it's it's a fake blade, but they make it, like, they do some onstage trickery to make it actually look like it cuts. And oh. then when it cuts his throat, and then, like, a, he throws out fake blood at the audience. They're, like, made of the little things that you cram down into peanut cans and spring out like snakes. <laughs> Ooh, or even better, they do the cut, the lights go completely out, and we just start screaming. Oh my god, there's blood everywhere! No, oh no, god, no. I thought you came from the fake one! Yeah, no, 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 no. It, would, it wouldn't be that. It would be a little bit of blood, then the lights go out, because we're like, cut the lights, cut the lights, cut the lights! And then when it comes back on, like you see the legs. No, 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 this way it could be the audience member getting their neck cut. And it's like, get the legs, get the legs! And then you look over at the side of the stage and there are a pair of legs getting drug off as the lights come back on and the three main actors are sitting in the middle of the stage like, that went perfectly well. (laughs) Everything went perfectly. No problems here. Sweetie! Sweetie! So what else? What are we missing from uh, old uh, Sondheim? Well, let's see. Is there a... Is there a problematic Sondheim piece? Because in Shakespeare Bridge, there is the whole Othello situation. Yeah. And well, I'm going to tell you, bud, it's better in the original version than the 2015 revised version. Yeah. It does have a blackface joke in it. Hey, Blake, I just remembered a play that I'm fairly sure Stephen Sondheim wrote. And we're just going to do a whole bit about... It's not even going to be the play. It's going to be a bit about us being like... They fucking got Sondheim for this? Sondheim made this? And it's School of Fucking Rock. Because I'm fairly sure Sondheim made School of Rock. I'm not seeing that, so I'm hoping that that's not true, but let's say it is. (laughs) Who did School of Rock? I know someone did School of Rock, and it would just be us sitting down in front of the audience and being like, I know a lot of you are excited to see School of Rock, but absolutely the fuck not, no. No, it was it was not Sondheim. It was, uh, Craig Wedrin. It does sound like a Craig Wedrin production. When I think School of Rock, I think Craig Wedrin. 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 Oh, we could do West Side Story. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That would be like the end of the, uh... 
That would be the end of Act 1, is us doing West Side Story and doing, okay, the bit in this one. <laughs> like, this is just us coming up with bits for a play that the audience is having to come up with. But the bit for this one would be, like, figuring out which one of the actors has to play the lone member of the other gang during the snap scene. And we just beat the shit out of them. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Yes! It's either that, or, hear me out, we build an elaborate set piece where you wear shoulder pads that extend out and form four other gang members, and now it's only one-on-one, but you've got the four others and you're doing the snaps in unison. Ooh, that's good. Or you could just have them as, like... Just says someone's backpack, and they throw them at the other gang members. The other gang member has to act like they're getting the shit kicked out of them by some dummies. Hey, Blake? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Andrew Lloyd Webber is who we were thinking of for School of Rock, and also he did Phantom and Cats! We fucked up so bad! Oh, fuck me, you're right. Whoops! Okay. So the thing is, somebody really wants to do... No, this changes the bit completely. Somebody comes out right after one of the bits, and this is... This is it. They try to do plays that aren't by Sondheim. (laughs) They try to do... Like, one of them tries to do... Because there's always their... There's always the idiot character. Yeah. And that one's the one who does other famous musicals from famous composers... No, he keeps trying to do it, and then everyone's like, that's not him. It's someone... I think we need to do Andrew Lloyd Webber a bridge, though, because right now I think the only Sondheim play we have is fucking Sweeney Todd. And West Side Story. I know he did that one. Okay. Well, because we got Phantom, and then our entire second act, and then School of Rock. Um... Did you like how we uh, did half of that bit? Uh, before doing our, like, funny reveal segment, you know, uh, that was the joke, because we (laughs) we were doing... (laughs) This was the bit! We knew the whole time that it was Andrew Lloyd Webber! We've got theatrical degrees! Of course we knew it! We knew from the whole beginning that it was fucking Steven Sondheim! Hey, Blake? Yeah? Blake, you want to go to the shield station? Oh, please. <laughs> so, Blakey T, you know where I would love to get some amazing Stephen Sondheim merchandise? <laughs> yeah, go to AndrewLloydWebber.com. <laughs> no, you can find all your great... Merchandise for Andrew Lloyd Webber and Stephen Sondheim at There we got shirts for all your favorite shows. I'm going to start putting up sticker packs from because because we fucked up. Because our stickers got here late, so we couldn't give out any stickers at Dragon Con. So now I'm being a shill and selling them on the website. Chat. Chat, right now determine how much these sticker packs are going to cost. How much would you pay for, like, five or six awesome BS stickers? And while they do that... Name your price. Also, by the way, Andrew Lloyd Webber was a member of the House of Lords for 20 years. 
<laughs> and he like, was in politics. What else do we have on the merch website that's important? Some kind of a big deal. No, you have Andrew Lloyd Webber on the <laughs> no. We've got all of our other great merchandise. We've got shirts. We've got posters. We've oh. even got cups. We got cups! So you can put all of your fantastic drinking needs, which you will definitely need to get through this episode if you know anything about musicals. My favorite thing about this was the fact that chat was with us. Chat was excited. They were chatting with us the whole time. Then me and you got on our rant about Andrew Lloyd Webber and fucking silence. None of them have said a thing since. They're like, I don't understand anymore what's happening. Exactly. But and if if that doesn't fit your fancies, if you don't really want any merch, if you want to just show us some love in any other way. If or- you would like to become an honorary BS Moon Marine, you can at patreon.com slash a load of BS. That's the website where you get to join the elite ranks of the BS Moon Marines. Like Salty Frank, like Radish, like, uh, fucking uh, Associates Anonymous. We got so many of them. My mom and dad, they're all BS Moon Marines. You get shouted out on the show of your choice every single week. You get access to our Discord, where you can hang out and chat with us every week. And also, you get access to me and Blake's exclusive show, You Paid For This, where we watch terrible movies and commentate over them. We'll do Cats this month, or perhaps Phantom of the Opera. All those great Stephen Sondheim hits. Oh, I I had a suggestion for this. Oh, in honor of our live show, we need to find a version of that horrible Terror Birds movie. Oh, I thought you were going to say we do Chronicles of Riddick. Like, I like Chronicles of Riddick too much. Wait, is Chronicles of Riddick the good one? Well, it doesn't matter, Blake, because we'll get it to you eventually. We were supposed to record at Dragon Con, but I couldn't find my good microphone. And also, we were too fucking gone at some points to do it. But if you want access to that show and to become a member of our elite ranks, you can at patreon.com slash a load of BS. Ladies and gentlemen, the following event is scheduled for one clusterfuck and is set to occur in Birmingham, Alabama. Introducing first, he is the bearded man from the Badlands, the absolute Badlands, Scotty Moore. And in the other corner, sporting the modest, plaid on plaid on plaid, the man with the plaid crown, the plaid is plaid on the plaid, the man who knows nothing about wrestling and everything about plaid, Blake Tanner. I'm sorry, was I supposed to do something there? I thought this was just you two. Oh, no, yeah, no, that's Dylan. Hey, and Dylan. Then, <laughs> and we are the Fight Boys, and it's a show about professional and not-so-professional wrestling. Make sure to check us out, because when you're a Fight Boy, you're a Fight Boy for life! Can we just watch the entire first season of DuckTales? Hey, Blake. Hmm. That's what I did this week. 
It's not even a fucking joke. It was about to be my awesome thing this week would be DuckTales. Because, fuck, I cried at the end of the first season. I watched it today. It's a, Frank watched DuckTales today! Did you watch the new episodes? I haven't watched them yet. I want to know about them. No, not on the podcast. You've got to present your idea for this week. Um, my idea this week is, uh, it's, it's a reboot of this famous show from the 90s. You may know about it. Life is like a hurricane there in Duckburg. It's called DuckTales. Okay. <laughs> it's called DuckTales. Duck I'm thinking we get all the Doctor Who people, we get Catherine Tate, we get David Tennant. It's gonna be a big, big uh-huh. deal. No, we need somebody, we need somebody who's good on America, in America too. Let's get... Who, what about that Lin-Manuel Miranda Get fella? Get the Lin-Manuel... I, I audibly screamed because I forgot he was in DuckTales. And then he came out and I was like, It's Lin! Lin! It's just... It was just a real Lin. It was Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> like, it, it wasn't a... Du- <laughs> Human Lin-Manuel Miranda walks out. This is like, this is weird. There's a bunch of ducks here. And now I'm start rapping about ducks. I don't give a fuck. I don't like the show. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. He screen screened it like Stephen Blizzglitz. <laughs> I want to see this world. Well, I'm happy you brought, we brought up rapping eventually. Because Blake, <laughs> Usually, usually this is a show about making movies or TV, stuff we're used to making. But we've already gone into the world of musical theater earlier, so why don't we, for this episode, make the first ever BS song? I hate this and everything about it. All right. And it's inspired by a conversation we had earlier today about the man known as Shaquille (laughs) O'Neal. And I want you to think back to a little hit song by Aaron Carter called How I Beat Shaq. Yeah. I want us to make our own How I Beat Shaq, and it's us about how we defeated some individual of extreme merit. Okay, so not specifically Shaq, because I don't want to beat Shaq. Like, no, it's like, and that's how I beat Nick Cage in a sword fight. <laughs> or could it be that? Could it be uh, <laughs> us? And like the first three verses are us illustrating different scenarios of us beating someone up. And then by the end, it's just us listing lie after lie after lie. Oh, Nicky thought he got his sword out and thought he was slick. But then I beat him up. With my dick. Which is what I call my sword, and I put the sword in his neck, because that's what I do. It was a big fucking lollipop shaped like like a dick. Okay, what are we thinking? How many bars per verse? Like, eight bars, 16 bars? Oh, hold on. I'm, I got, I had to look up, because that went so far over my head. (laughs) Because that's music. Um, do you know who the fuck I am? I mean, I'm not music. I'm I'm looking at this camera right now, and all I see is a regular Stephen Sondheim, Blake. I see a real Stephen Sondheim looking back at me, ready to make <laughs> Joseph in the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, or perhaps Jeeves. Andrew <laughs> Lloyd Webber made a play called Jeeves. Jeeves. Or we could, yeah, um, Jesus Christ Superstar. That's one. <laughs> no, I don't want... 
are how I beat Shaq to go into a this is how I defeated Jesus in a game of Monopoly. (laughs) Well, the thing is, Jesus won because he chose not to play Monopoly because it is a horrid game about capitalistic intention and greed and he also hates it because it's a horrible game. I thought you were about to be like, and he hates it because he always he always misses Park Place, and that's the one he needs, and it pisses him off. He always ends up going to jail. So I was walking down the street just the other day, pointed to my friend Blake, and said, Hey, that's Nicolas Cage, and he's got a big sword. What am I gonna do? Go to the Ford. I opened up the <laughs> Ford, and... <laughs> Open up the Ford. I mean, it's trunk. What I find inside? A sword, you lunk. I picked it up, challenged you a fight, and Nikki came, Nikki looked at me and said, well, that's all right. <laughs> I don't know why. I can only freestyle in two voices, and it's Lin-Manuel Miranda or educational rap from the 1990s. I think I like that. Yeah. You, you can pull out a real don't copy that floppy. <laughs> Okay, okay, what's the storyline of verse one, which is how we beat Nick Cage in a sword fight? Hmm. Well, I, I like how it didn't take that long for us to go back to the Nick Cage well. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he was just bebopping down the street one day. He asked how big of a baby we are. And <laughs> said, hey. I was the biggest baby in all of Alabama. And then I said, I looked at him and said, I was bigger. And he said, no, you're not pulled out a sword. She put his hand on the trigger. <laughs> the trigger of the sword. the sword? Yep. And then it slung out all anime style, and then we had to have a long fight for a while. <laughs> no, okay, so I think what I it is... I hope you like is... my country style, Rip. Yeah. <laughs> I got the Nikki in the back. Sword is there attached. On to his hip, but I said I ain't got shit. Um, there was, there's a whole verse how Lil Nas saves us. Yeah, no, 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 so it's definitely that Nick Cage is walking down the street. In his 6'4". No, 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 we see Nicolas Cage, all we've got, and this is directly lifted from Step Brothers, we, all we have on us is a sword, we want him to autograph it, but we rush towards him, he pulls out his own sword, and then we get into a sword fight, and then we best him, and then he signs it in his blood. Old Nicky bowed his head because he knew that he'd been beat. <laughs> and I laid that golden sword on the ground at Nicky's feet. I said, Nicky, just come on back if you ever want to fight again. Because I told you once, you skull-headed bitch, I'm the best it's ever been. Oh, shit. And then he definitely... By the end, we need to have, like, a verse that's, like, the one verse in Ultimate Battle of Ultimate Destiny where everyone comes back and Nick Cage comes back as Ghost Rider to defeat us. <laughs> Like, we pull our whole army of all of the bonds that we made throughout doing this podcast, come back to, like, try to save us, but Nick beats them down. <laughs> and then all of their souls converge into, like, a big old spirit bomb or something. Okay, so verse one is how I beat Nick Cage in a sword fight. What's verse two? <laughs> what celebrity <laughs> do we want to face off in a, in another epic battle? That was fucking verse one shit. Yes! Who else? I think we... I think we buried the lead a little bit. Nick should have been more the final boss. No, I think oh. I think we could probably... How I defeated 
George Bush in a game of Battleship. <laughs> it was easy. Boom. Next verse now. very easy. He does not know how the game is played. He made a mission accomplished speech after turn one, and then he had to turn around and went on the run. War. Criminal. War. War. Criminal. War. Criminal. War. War. No, no. How I beat Alexander Graham Bell in a game of words with friends. <laughs> As a matter of fact, he thought that it was witchcraft. Yeah, we're like, no, no, this is what you started. This is the telephone. That's no telephone of mine. That's ridiculous. It's so small and compact. Where's the power source? Oh, it made a sound. Me and Blake were tired after fighting, fighting old Cage. So Blake looked at me and said, let's go rage. Went to the bars round about dusk. Who did we find? Why, it's Elon Musk. So it's definitely how we beat Elon Musk at what? He pulled out a Tesla from his front pocket, put it on like a mech, and then we had the socket. <laughs> how we beat Elon Musk at BattleBots? <laughs> He's in a big mech suit, so we had to get one that's bigger. Yeah, yeah, Elon. How we beat Elon Musk at checker at Jenga? How we beat Elon Musk at Jenga? <laughs> <laughs> no, we beat Elon Musk at bar darts. All right, no axe throwing. Yeah, <laughs> axe throwing. Got... How we beat him at bocce ball? <laughs> they had some shuffleboard out there if you want to do so. So no, 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 this one has to be, or do we want to do one after this? Because afternoon was cage. Dusk is dusk is Musk. Desk. And Dread Midnight is Evil George Washington. Evil? <laughs> How we be Evil George Washington at tennis? They brought me back from the grave. Nope, that's nothing. Done. Uh, yeah, how we beat Barack Obama at wakeboarding. That's the following day. That's the fo- Or do we start it with how we beat Barack Obama at wakeboarding? No, we've got to finish it because it starts out like... We, we have a bunch of lead-up in that verse. I feel like Cage is a strong starter. Well, you need to start with the Cage, and then after that... Because the ending, whoever the third is, I'm not saying they're not the ending, but the real ending is after that, when everybody shows up to the bar, and that's when it gets really lit. Okay, if that's the false ending, then, then we we definitely should have Barack Obama beat us at wakeboarding. <laughs> I've done a lot of boarding. In my retirement. That's how I beat Obama at... Bo- well, no, because it's at night. Because... <laughs> let's, Blake, 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 think of the logistics here. What? It's nighttime. That's when the sharks feed. You don't think that Barack <laughs> Obama has been using all of his time in retirement training sharks? No, 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 no. That's how we beat Obama, is he thinks he's won and then the sharks attack him. I don't want sharks to attack Obama. Fine. How we beat Shia LaBeouf at wakeboarding. <laughs> no, we need to beat Shia LaBeouf at being a stalker. <laughs> How we beat Shia LaBeouf at stealing toilet seats. <laughs> we went to Dragon Con, baby. We know what it's like. <laughs> Shia, you think that you're doing your shit? Nah, that's kid stuff. I was at Dragon Con 2019. They stole all of the toilet seats. Blake. 
I know we try, we're trying to do the normal show and not talk about Dragon Con. Yeah. But I was about to go on stage with one of the biggest podcasts of all time, Welcome to Night Vale, and I had to poop so fucking bad. <laughs> and I was like, I'll go to the bathroom. I rush in. There is not a single toilet seat in the entire establishment. Is that when you use your squatty potty? And then I used the... No, no, no. That's when I walked upstairs, found a different bathroom, and found at least one stall. I didn't check the others, but at least one had a toilet seat still intact. Thank God for toilet seats. God, why did they steal the toilet seat? I don't know. Was Shia LaBeouf at Dragon Con? Apparently earlier in the day... There was a pile of toilet seats in the corner, and they were quickly taken away throughout the day. Maybe that's what they... Maybe it was pay-to-win toilet seats. We uh, also... Uh, Salty Frank, I'm going to make an adjustment to yours, but I will say we beat Chris Pratt at Midnight Baseball. It's a lot like the Twilight Baseball scene, but it's mm-hmm. just us and Chris Pratt. <laughs> it was him and a team of raptors. <laughs> He pulled up his raptors, they took all the bases, we turned around and said, and hit our faces. I said, Blakey T, what can we do? He's brought the Velociraptor team here too. Oh shit. (laughs) That's when Blake, he looked right at me and said, yeah, we're fucked, let's not do this. That's what I said. Yeah, yeah. No, I like anytime anytime it cuts to you in the rap, you do not have the rhythm. Anytime it cuts to Blake. And Blakey T said, Fuck man, I don't know. Shit, those are a lot of raptors. Fuck. I mean shit, that's what am I supposed to do for you right now? I'm not a song person. <laughs> just finish the song. Yeah. And that's that's my part. Like it just gets increasingly annoyed. Yeah, no, 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 and that, that's when I do a series of raps that then descend into an Eminem rap god level fucking speed verse as you're like, no, no, quit challenging people, stop it, no! Or at the end of that, it's like, alright, I beat them. I beat them, fuck. You didn't do anything, you've just been rapping the whole time. You were screaming for most of it. <laughs> I had to stick a baseball bat into Chris Pratt's chest. Because <laughs> he was beating me at baseball. Because I'm a tiny boy and he's Chris Pratt. Do you know what it's like to kill a raptor? I do. <laughs> Good night, old blue. There, I made a rhyme for you. Are you <laughs> happy? Do you know how many people I had to kill tonight? Nobody knows what it's like to be the raptor. To be captured behind Chris Pratt. Uh, we're getting arrested now. Yeah, I might. I want to make this song now. I want to. I want to wake up tomorrow and write me some verses and make a beat. And we're gonna talk about how we beat Nick Cage, Elon Musk, Chris Pratt, and a series of other individuals. That yeah, that's the story. Is the fact that I'm the one bragging about it, like me bragging. Oh, I I met Chewbacca, and you're the one behind the scenes, like. I fucking did it! I was the one who did everything! It's like, of course I did! You need to... Sir, sir, please, you need to stop. Yeah, so the name of the song is definitely 
how I beat Nicolas Cage at sword fighting, right? Yep. So we've made that, Blakey T, and now I I have a very important... And also we made the greatest Sondheim musical of all time. But now Did I we, want... though? Did we? You're right, it was more of an Andrew Lloyd Webber. And that's why it's time to find out what was awesome this week. What was awesome this week? Okay, firstly, can I just say... I really love that for the live show, our what was awesome this week actually turned into like a really dope therapy hour for everybody. Like I, I listened back to it and I literally teared up at the point when Justin was like, you want to know what's awesome this week? Right fucking now. And I'm like, oh, you did it. You passed the torch. Thank you. That was all we needed. I also love it. He's like, I did not promote this because I wanted it to be just this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, that was super fucking cool. I'm real happy I was there for that. Mm-hmm. What uh, what was awesome this week with you though? Um, flavor ice icy pops. You just kind of looked <laughs> around your room and found. I some. was planning this from the start. Don't. Get at me right now. I've eaten a whole box of them in the last two days. That's shocking to me because those Freezy Pops usually go into the freezer when you move in. And then when you move out, they stay in the freezer. They've been there your entire length of your stay. Oh, not with the amount of times that I double, triple check my refrigerator hoping for some food to magically appear created and cooked in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there are times where I just, in desperation, go to the freezer, and instead of eating actual food, I'm like, oh, just get an Icy Pop. Just DoorDash it, baby. Just door Like, we got DoorDash recently in Oxford, and I finally caved in this morning, because, like, I can't prepare anything at my house, because I have a baby strapped to me at all times. So I was like, hey, DoorDash, bring me Wendy's. And then it did. It was very, very good. I don't want to do DoorDash because it's hard for them to find my apartment. But anyway, these little Icy Pops have been part of my life for a long time. They are yeah. the classic ones that you found in Nana's freezer. And they just say, they're just so good because they're supposed to be different flavors. They're not. But they're not. It's just sugar. I'd love, I'd love to watch a fucking Bon Appetit, a gourmet chef makes Freezy Pops, where it's just Claire staring down and being like, it's fucking juice in a plastic pouch. What do you want me to do with this? God, and that's all you need. I can take down like six of these in 15 minutes if I'm not careful. Oh, easily. Also, one of my secondary awesome things is uh, definitely watching those Bon Appetit videos with Claire making random shit. It's one of those things that everyone... It, it's kind of like when I fell in love with Queer Eye and fell in love with RuPaul, where I'm like, everybody likes this. It's not a big deal. I bet it's not even that good. And then I watched one episode and was like, oh, I get it. I get why people love this now. They're just really nice, charming people on this show. Mm-hmm. Also, another secondary thing for me is just making sure that my friends are out there having a good time. Because, really, when you are the sober one, that's your job. Yeah, it is. You don't get the good. I guide others to a treasure I cannot possess. Because it just kind of felt like it's like, all right, I'm going to be the mama bear for tonight. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Because you get to see your buds having a good time, and sometimes you get to join in with it. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, I, I've definitely felt that in college. I've not felt it since college. But, uh, <laughs> it's weird because I do feel it, but I only feel it when drunk, which is sad because I'll be with people like, Emily doesn't like to drink a lot, but I want her to have a good time. So I'm sitting there drunk being like, it's okay, have another beer. Please drink more. Please have this good time with me. And she's like, no, I don't want a headache. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you help your friends overindulge. You feel like a bad person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's okay. Everybody came out on it all right. Um, while I find the name of my main awesome thing this week, I do want to say, have you watched, I think you were the first person who really told me about modern DuckTales and how good it is. Yeah. But my dude, it's, Disney XD is good at making some quality shit, because, like, Gravity Falls was amazing, but I think DuckTales may be even better than Gravity Falls, and I will, I will stand proud on that. I love Gravity Falls to death, but... DuckTales may have the edge. Well, DuckTales definitely does because it still captures, like, the original feel that I had when I was a kid, but it's updated, definitely, for a more modern audience. But I also feel like it's it's pretty accessible to everybody, which is uh, very good. And it's something that modern Disney does pretty damn well, um, and it's making shit. Although... If you want to ask me what the best original animated thing I've seen in a while, that's still Gravity Falls, because it's it's the original idea versus, like, the rebooted idea, and I think DuckTales is one of the few things that does a reboot actual justice. Also, and I was gonna, I was literally gonna submit this to the show Wonderful as, like, a small wonder, but one of my favorite things, and Gravity Falls did this, Rick and Morty did it slightly, but not to as much of an extent, and DuckTales does it. I love when an animated series has an intro that features the villains they fight throughout the series. So the first time you watch it, you're just like, oh, they're fighting a bunch of crazy things. That's the spirit of the show. It's a spirit of adventure. Then as you go on, you're like, oh, wait a minute. That's the gold. That's the dragon that eats gold from the first episode. Or that's the... uh, that's the uh, mummy that they fought. Or, like, as you go on, you get to learn, like, oh, I know what all of these people are. Exactly. And you're right. Um, Duck- DuckTales does that so super good. And I I think that Rick and Morty is the only other one besides that you mentioned that, like, I really noticed that in. Yeah. Well, oh, wait, Gravity Falls doesn't do it. That's right. I was thinking Rick and Morty, not Gravity Falls. Yeah. Because basically, Gravity Falls is better Rick and Morty. And I'll stand with that. <laughs> uh, especially after the first season, let's be honest. Oh, yeah. Easily. Like, once the big uh, Stan revelation happens, that's when the show really takes off. But, um... It's just good storytelling. Well, my thing that's awesome this week is an app called Tandem. And I don't know if you're aware of this. I have heard of this, yes. What it is, is... If you're learning a language, like I've been learning French for three years through Duolingo, which means that I know words, and I have a general idea of how to put them together through a sentence, what Tandem does is Tandem pairs you up with a person on the other side, like wherever country you're looking for. So, like, for me, it would be France. It takes that person, and if they want to learn English, they're paired with you, and you help them learn English as they're helping you learn French. 
Look at that. It's really good. And also, you'd think it'd be like Tinder, where no one would ever talk to you. Buddy, I've been talking to people in French all day. I've just been like, Bonjour, mon ami. Comment ça va ce soir? I met someone who like she makes films and she's like studying in college to make films and I'm like to create a film and they're like yeah like, awesome je suis so I may be acting in some French films in the future but uh, until fantastic. then until then Blake where can people find you on the internet you can find me at Blake A. Tanner on the Twitter you can find me at the Darkroom Vidya on YouTube you can find me other places we stream sometimes on Vincent Vidya, that's V-I-N-T-S-O-N-V-I-D-Y-A on Twitch. And you can find me on Twitter at ScottyMo S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O Buy all my books on Amazon! That was my favorite plug I got to do on other panels this weekend, by the way. Because every time I said it, every other panelist stared at me like, no you don't. You're a liar, you're a thief, you're a scoundrel, there's no way... And I'm like, yeah, I've written, like, four. Oh, okay, that's cool. Guess I'm gonna buy those now. So, yeah, you can find me on uh, all there, and, of course, remember to check out the other programs online at a load of pure BS.com. It's got all the shows you need, from Fight Boys to Fun Fiction, which is hopefully getting rebooted soon, much like DuckTales, and the new season's gonna be a lot better than the first. <laughs> Well, that's a way to put it. No, no, I love, I love the first season. But the first season was essentially made for me and Brenna. And when Brenna left, the whole show needed to be retooled. But I was like, no, it's fine. Everybody loves to read out loud. That's not a thing a lot of people struggle with. And it, yeah, the house was burning down around me. <laughs> this yeah, yeah. is fine. Alright, um, special thanks to Tom McGuire and the Brass Holes for our theme song, Ric Flair, off of their first debut album, their first debut album, because they've had multiple ones, uh, titled Tom McGuire and the Brass Holes. Check out Tom McGuire and the Brass Holes stuff. They are a very good band. They put out tons of bangers. They slap pretty hard. Have you seen their, the video for their new single? Cause it's fucking amazing. Is that the one for Get Out? It's the one for Get Out, and it's got, like, some... It's, like, I guess Tom is, like, being experimented on, but they're drawing over, like, anime shit over him as he's fighting off against a bunch of doctors. I love the song. I haven't seen the music video. Oh, you need to watch it. It's really good. So everyone check out the new video for Get Out. And check out our live show from Dragon Con if you haven't yet. It was... Ten, like, whatever, I don't know what you were expecting, but I wasn't expecting it to be as amazing as it was. Like, it was hilarious. Like, I, I'm i so glad that we gelled with that audience there. You really check it out. Like, I, I know it's going to be harder audio quality to listen to, but we had such a banger of a time. And if you even get a fraction of the joy and excitement that we had doing that show, then it's worth it. Yeah, Like, at the end of each show, me and Blake will look and be like, that was like an eight-level show. That was a six. The end of that one, we didn't even have to look. We were like, ten! 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 We did it! Yep. <laughs> also, get out uh, the music video by Tom McGuire and the Brassels. It's one of the few videos that I've seen that has zero dislikes. Oh, of course it does, because no one can hate Tom or his Brassels. 
But of course, remember, until next time, to find Blake and me on Twitter at a load of pure BS, except no substitutes, and we will see you next week.